don't you miss the choir? Yes, yes right? <laughs> when I came over here, I thought, oh, I start my sermon right away after scripture reading. So you have the scripture right fresh in your mind. Coming back from Germany, please bear with me. I met my family. I had a lot of family time. And it felt like you feel when you have your family reunion. And you invite me so kindly to your family reunions. And you talk about the people that they're there. You talk about the people that cannot be there. But I'm sure you also talk about the people who have passed on to the kingdom eternal. You remember the loved ones that have passed on. And that's what we did too. And when I read the scripture, and it's always happening when I talk and think about the Lord's Prayer, which Luke tonight, today invites us to think about, I have to think about my grandfather, my father's father. My father's father was a banker, a tall one. And Mr. Herder reminds me of my grandfather. I don't know if he was that tall, but certainly I was smaller, and it appeared to be that tall. <laughs> and he was a banker through and through. And he, I never saw him wearing anything else than a suit and tie. And he was this tall guy that talked about money. And he was also the manager of the uh, bank um, in our town, so he knew everything about money. And every Tuesday, my grandparents would come over to our place, and they would watch us because my parents had confirmation class at church, so who else is better than to watch the children than the grandparents? But my grandfather wouldn't watch us. He would do the books for my father's church. So in the living room, there was way before computer, there was this huge book, and Ron remembers probably from back then doing the books, this huge book, and you had the receipts, and every cent had to be accounted for. So we were not allowed to speak to him. We were not allowed to even be loud around him because we could miss a cent, and you cannot miss a cent. You have to search for this one cent. And so we were not allowed to speak or be loud around him to this moment, that he would turn around, he would look at us, and he would make this sound. That was the time that we would come and get our allowance. And so we all come, and we will get our 20 cents, 25 cents, whatever. It was not a but that was a ritual. And he would say, that is for your savings. And when you spend it, always think of others. Moving forward, my grandfather had a Parkinson's when he moved into a nursing home, muscles, tired, brain, memories retired, and um, at the end he couldn't remember us at all. And for a 10-year-old that's quite hard, visiting your grandfather. And um, so whenever I visited, he wouldn't remember me. He was very kind though. Uh, he was always happy to see somebody coming. But one thing that I will never forget till the very end, the last words in his mouth came out were the Lord's Prayer. That was what he prayed at the very end. He wouldn't remember anything else but the Lord's Prayer. My grandfather was the chairperson of the local YMCA. I met a lot of missionaries and they supported a lot of missionaries. My grandfather and my grandmother were involved in Christian education for young adults ever since I can think of. And whenever we went into town and we saw a beggar, they would give money. Whenever they saw somebody was in need, they would give. Because always think about others. So whenever I 
hear the Lord's Prayer whenever I have the opportunity to talk about the Lord's Prayer, I have to remember my grandfather. Because the Lord's Prayer is not only words that we pray, that we also put into action. And today Luke invites us to think about the Lord's Prayer, not the Matthew version that is embedded in the Sermon of the Mount. Luke has a different spin here. Because after the Lord's Prayer, we get a parable. A parable of a person, a friend, all of a sudden at night gets another visitor. And he realizes, oh my God, I don't have any food to serve. So he knocks on somebody else's door, another friend, hoping that they, he or she would have some food for the other friend. Now the friend says, oh my, nah, I'm already in bed, the doors are locked, you know, I'm not coming. And so the parable ends that apparently the friend who has another friend is left without anything. The Lord's Prayer says that we hallow the name and that God's kingdom come, and then it goes into the petition of giving us our daily bread, forgive us our sins, and that forgive us our sins, and we forgive our debtors, and lead us not in temptation. Those three petitions, bread, forgiveness, and temptation, not to be led into temptation. And the parable explains it, exactly what that means. So this friend, though we have National Milk Chocolate Day, did not ask for milk chocolate. He hadn't had food and then realized, oh, I'm missing a piece of butter, but I have cheese and I have sausage and I have everything else. It would be nice to have butter with it, so I knock on somebody else's door. There was no plate that was already full, no table that was already set. It was an empty table, and he wanted to give at least a little bit to this stranger friend who came and was hungry. Asking for our daily bread. And now we are the other person in bed already, closed doors, where we need to be forgiven. Because how often do we refuse to help when somebody knocks on our door? And it's inconvenient. It is ah, not the right time, please come back tomorrow. That suits me better. If you are hungry, if somebody else is hungry, there is no time that suits better than now. So we need forgiveness for our not doing, not reacting. So the Lord's Prayer is very smart because the Lord's Prayer knows that when we ask for our daily bread and we are not giving the daily bread because we're not putting our words into action, we need forgiveness. And then there is this temptation, this temptation of not doing it, of taking the time rather to sleep than to act, rather to do and go after your own business than going after somebody else's business who is seeking help. There is this temptation of leaning back and not doing it. But when we look closer to the parable, the interesting part is that when we ask for our daily bread, the hour is actually asking for somebody else. Because the man that knocked on the door did not ask for him or herself. This person didn't say, I'm hungry, please give me bread. He or she was talking on behalf of somebody else. So the Lord's prayers petition is not so much about 
me, what I need, what I want, milk, chocolate, or bread. It is about what the other needs. We, come, we become all, all of a sudden advocators for somebody else. That changes the entire prayer habit. How often do we pray for our own good? How often do we pray for ourselves? And how often do we pray on behalf of somebody else? We are good in praying for somebody else's health, but are we also good praying for the people who are hungry that they get fed? Are we good at praying for the kids who are without the parents right now at the border that they get reunited because every child should be with their parents? Are we good at praying in Asia and Africa who are suffering, the people who have only a handful of rice? Are we praying that their poverty, that their misery will be solved and eased? And now the parable is that you're not only praying, you have to be also the answer for that prayer. You're not only the petitioner that knocks on the door and prays, please give me some bread for somebody else, we are also the person who is too tired to wake up and give. And I always wondered why my grandfather, going back to my grandfather, would have the Lord's Prayer written in his heart that he would remember those words instead of our names. Because throughout his life, he put the words of the Lord's Prayer into action. As he was petitioning, he was also the answer to that petition. Because I cannot remember that they ever would refuse somebody to be given something. They would give everything away. As much as he was a banker and would sit on somebody else's money, he was the most generous person I've ever met. And he would remember as children always to think about others. As we pray the Lord's Prayer, we are also at the same time the answer to that prayer because God can only act through our hands. So if we pray for somebody else, on behalf of somebody else, for the essentials of life, we also should look into our lives how we can translate that and how we can become somebody who feeds somebody else, who meets somebody else's need. What can we do? not only to petition in prayer, but also to act in our lives. And here again, the Lord's Prayer is very smart. God had a wonderful to work those words. Everything starts with thy kingdom come. Whatever we petition, whatever we do is building towards God's kingdom come here and now. We are part of God's kingdom. In all we do, in all we pray, we are part of God's kingdom here and now. We are building and constructing with God so that people can see God's kingdom already here and now. So if we refuse to help, we also refuse to build on God's kingdom. If we turn our back to the need of others, we turn our back to the kingdom of God. Because all we do as Christians is that we build, that we are workers in the kingdom of God here and now. So that one day, 
when we knock on God's door, when we seek entrance in God's kingdom, and we ask for permission to come in, that God will look upon us and say, my door's wide open. Your search is over. You're welcome home. Amen.